Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. I'm Bert Gallen. Bert Gallen Show live from Washington, D.C., and our phone number to call is 646-668-2634. That's 646-668-2634. Is there anything funny about alcoholism? Well, you know, back in the, the 1950s, 1960s, early 1970s, there were a number of uh, drunk characters all over television and the movies. People like Dean Martin and Foster Brooks made a living pretending to be drunks on TV. Well, that soon became socially unacceptable because alcoholism is a real problem that uh, affects not only the alcoholic, but those around him or her. Having said that, Martha Carucci has written a book called Sobrieties that actually has some pretty funny stuff in it, although Martha had her own personal struggle with alcohol that could really have messed things up. Martha Carucci joins us on the line now, the author of Sobrieties. Hey, Martha, how are you? Good morning, Burke. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I, uh, I, I'm curious as to how folks like yourself can turn something so tragic and so difficult into something funny and something you can laugh at. I think that's fantastic. How did you wrap your head around that? Well, it was a choice of looking alcoholism in the face with either, you know, sadness and pathos or try to look at the humorous side, a case of either you're going to laugh through it or you're going to cry through it. And I chose the path of laughter, which wasn't always easy, obviously, but uh, it's the way it helped me get through it. The book, uh, Sobrieties, by Martha Carucci, is available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, bookstores everywhere. And, and this book is, uh, is sort of a collection of short stories and blogs. You've been blogging since you uh, stopped drinking, and that's, I guess, you're coming up on five years now that you've been sobri- uh, uh, sober. Is that right? Four years and three months. It's actually 1,554 days, not that I'm counting. <laughs> wow. It's it's an incredibly honest book and I, I enjoyed reading it because you laid it all out there. You laid out there the you know the times that you remember. There are some times you don't remember. There are the mornings after. Um there are the times that that you feel that you lost with your kids and with your husband. You talked very candidly about almost completely tubing your marriage and 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 this all began for you because you were a Washington D.C. lobbyist who went out to a lot of these, you know, social dinners and social lunches where it was nothing to to have a drink or two. Is that where you kind of trace it back to? I think uh, definitely that played a huge role in it. Um, it was the lifestyle of the job, and 
very common and very socially acceptable. Everybody drank a great deal and uh, I fit right in. But I started drinking, you know, when I was maybe 13 or 14 and throughout high school and then college, it got a lot, a lot heavier. And then afterwards, it just progressed. It's a progressive disease. And um, it just kept getting worse to the point where I was really throwing my life away. I um I had a lunch meeting yesterday with a fellow that interned for me over 20 years ago, Martha, and we hadn't seen each other in, in almost 25 years. And he told me that that he also had become an alcoholic after I met him. You know, he was an intern for me right out of school, and and he had a mobile music service. He DJed weddings and, and parties, and he said he was um, an angry, surly drunk. What kind of drunk were you? I always thought of myself as a pretty happy, fun drunk. Who knows if other people around me would have agreed with that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, um, you know, unfortunately alcohol is a depressant, and I struggle with depression as well. So I was taking antidepressants and washing them down with a depressant, which uh, really didn't serve any purpose for me other than just it kind of balanced it out and and made me a little bit more depressed but at the time i felt like it was my only coping mechanism martha garucci is our guest today the book is sobrieties uh in the subtitle is god grant me the serenity to laugh at life um when you see stories in the news where alcohol has caused big problems and, and the last one that i remember is the, the case of that olympic swimmer and his buddies who went out and had uh, by all accounts way too much to drink and then bad stuff happened and now, you know, they want to call them all back to Brazil and, and, you know, the guys lost all his endorsements. When, when you see those stories in the news and you've had personal experience with the problems that alcohol can cause, what, what goes through your mind? Yeah. The, the topic you're referring to Ryan Lochte situation, you know, it's sad because he's an Olympic swimmer who is a role model for a lot of young kids, a lot of swimmers, and he represented our country at the Olympics. And now we have this huge embarrassing fiasco that was a result of his partying and drinking and, you know, that of his teammates. Um, so it is, it's a sad situation that his drinking and uh, intoxication led to now like an international incident that is um, really affecting him greatly. As you said, he lost a bunch of his endorsements um, I read that I think the last couple of days he picked up a new one, but it's something like Pine Brothers Cough Drops. So not a big name as Ralph Lauren and the other sponsors that he had. Um, so, you know, it's just an example that uh, the good thing is, is that what has come out of his situation is that it's a, it's a teaching opportunity for parents of young swimmers and uh, young hopeful Olympic athletes and just people in general that this is, this is what can happen when you uh, abuse alcohol. You know, and when I first heard that story, uh, you know, I didn't realize that he was a 32-year-old guy at first. You know, you think, he's, gosh, a guy in that kind of shape, he's probably a young college kid, and you, and you kind of give him that free pass of always a you know, college student who doesn't know any better. But is, is that fair in your mind, that you give college kids a free pass for, you know, binge drinking or the heavy drinking that goes on as part of the college experience, or should we all be paying a little bit more attention to that? 
I think we definitely need to pay more attention. I mean, unfortunately, you hear horrible stories from college fraternity parties and big binge drinking of alcohol-related deaths. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't have the statistics off the top of my head, but there are so many just sad stories uh, that come from excessive drinking. And like you said, Ryan Lochte is not a high school student or a college kid. He's a 32-year-old man who should definitely – know better and know uh, what's going to happen. And uh, he's now suffering the consequences of the choices he made when he was inebriated. You know, uh, before you, you came on the air, I talked a little about how the, the, the times have changed in the way that people view alcohol and alcohol consumption. You know, you look at the guys from the Rat Pack and, you know, Dean Martin and Sinatra and those guys always seem to have a martini glass in their hand and, you know, James Bond and, you know, there was a guy named Foster Brooks who was a comic back in the 60s and 70s, hugely popular, and his whole shtick was, was playing the drunk. That has all changed an awful lot. Is, is that uh, for the better, that, that that is no longer socially acceptable? Or do you think maybe it, it was kind of okay to, to sort of laugh at the, the town drunk? What are your thoughts? That's, you know, that's a tough question because I can see it both ways. I think that um... – come a long way in terms of being maybe a little bit more sensitive to the topic. But um, my approach of humor is one that, that, like I said, has worked for me and uh, it's either laugh at it or cry at it. And I'm choosing laughter, but um, there are plenty of entertainers and shows and things that still, uh, you know, bring about a great deal of humor and uh, lightheartedness from the topic of alcoholism um, or from just drinking, not alcoholism necessarily, but um, partying and uh, and having a good time with alcohol. And I suppose if you are not an alcoholic and don't have a big problem with it, there's there's nothing wrong with the comedic side of it. Sure, you're right. Well, I mean, those Hangover movies are a great example of, uh, of something more exactly. recent. Exactly. Huge. Martha Carucci is our guest. The book is Sobrieties, and it's a humorous and heartfelt account of a suburban mom's journey through recovery and sobriety into a better life. Very honest book. And, and when we come back, Martha, I want to talk to you about your experience with Alcoholics Anonymous and any words of wisdom and advice you might be able to give. More with Martha Carucci right after this on the Burke Allen Show. Hang on. Over 14 million people witnessed his emotional story of survival and triumph on national television. I've been doing this now for so long, like ever since I was a kid. Millions more voted him their favorite in a landslide win. The winner is... And now, you can be a part of the experience live. Landau Eugene Landau Eugene Murphy Jr. Ain't that a kick in the head? You're America's Got Talent winner. I've got you. Landau Eugene Murphy Jr. Under my Live, live. Performing classics from the Great American Songbook and his Columbia Records debut CD, That's Life. That's Life. Landau Eugene Murphy Jr.'s That's Life Tour. The one concert event this year you absolutely can't miss. Get time to date some more info at Landau Murphy. Thanks for listening to the Burke Allen Show on the Blog Talk Radio Network. The number to call if you'd like to be a part of the show, 
1-800-826-2634. Martha Carucci is our guest. The book is Sobrieties, and it's available bookstores everywhere, online at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Martha, you, um, you attend meetings regularly uh, for Alcoholics Anonymous, correct? I do, yes. And, and how important do you think that is and how crucial a factor has that been on you staying sober? It's a huge part of my recovery, and uh, I definitely don't think I'd have made it this far. There are, you know, certainly other programs out there, but AA has worked for me. And um, it, it's, I try to go several times a week, and I view it as kind of putting ammo in my belt that, or making a deposit in the bank. The more I go, the more uh, strengths I kind of store up to use when I do have a difficult time and think about having a drink. I have a great toolbox that AA has given me. You know, I, uh, I, I had something that I took away when I read your book. I have a, a close friend who is a, a vegetarian, and, and he is mm-hmm. all about it. And so if we, we go out to eat, and, and I'm having, you know, a filet mignon medium rare, he'll put a menu up in between me and him because just looking <laughs> at that steak is tough for him. How do you deal with with those, uh, you know, situations where you go into a restaurant that, that serves alcohol and, oh, by the way, that's about 90% of them. Is, is it still tough for you? You know, in the beginning, it was extremely difficult, and I just really avoided situations. Um, so it's all around me. You know, alcohol is everywhere. So I was very much uh, isolating the first several months of my recovery. And when I did go out and would be at a restaurant, I would just watch literally with my mouth salivating as what waiters would bring glasses of wine or cocktails to another table. Um, It was very hard for me. But as time goes by, it's really getting a lot easier. And I'm, you know, very grateful for that, that I can go out now and, and it doesn't bother me as much. You got a couple of chapters in here about these uh, mocktails parties that you've done where yes. people come up with these goofy names for, for you know drinks with with no alcohol in them and and there's always been a debate about that as well is you know are, are these you know sort of uh, drinks with training wheels uh, to teach kids how to do it <laughs> and then you know yeah. or is it kind of okay and and uh, you know my takeaway from your book is you think that that mocktails are are kind of okay. For me, it's it's been a great alternative to, you know, for a while, water and sparkling water were getting pretty boring there. Um, yeah, so oh, yeah. this has given, given me another just opportunity to have a little bit of fun and join the crowd without having any alcohol. And it was a case of, you know, if you build it, will they come? I uh, decided to throw this mocktail party for my 1,000th day of sobriety. I really wanted to celebrate where I was and in my recovery and also to thank the people around me who've been so supportive. Um, didn't know how they would feel about a Saturday night out without any drinking. Um, and it happened to be an incredibly bad snowstorm and sleet and freezing rain here in DC area. And, um, People came and they stayed for a really long time. And the next day, I've got I got a whole bunch of emails saying thank you for a great time and for no hangover this morning. Yeah, for not having to try to navigate on snow-covered streets, three sheets to the wind. I imagine that was probably helpful to them. So <laughs> exactly. 
The book is called Sobrieties, and the author is Martha Carucci, and, and she's pretty darn honest about sort of uh, her journey and, and what she went through in this book and in uh, detailing sort of the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And one of the things that made me laugh out loud when I read this book is that when you decided you were going to get sober, you went to some of your closest friends and you pulled them aside and you said, I want to have a serious conversation with you. There's something I need to tell you. And when you did the big reveal and you said, I was an alcoholic and I'm getting sober, you kind of got the, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that probably threw you for a loop because you probably thought you had it all under control, at least in their eyes, right? Absolutely. I, I was expecting a few, at least a little bit of feigned surprise or shock of, no, you're not an alcoholic. But um, they were, most of them were, thank goodness you've come to the realization and you're going to get some help. So uh, it was not the, not the uh, reactions that I had anticipated. But it was great. You know, I'm reading the book and, and these people are thinking that you're going to tell them that you and your husband are splitting up or that you've got an inoperable disease. And uh, when you tell them, look, I'm, I'm a drunk, but I'm getting better. And they go, well, well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next. <laughs> exactly. Um, now, the, now that you've been in all of these meetings and you've gone to hundreds of Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and you've met lots of people that struggle with this disease, um, what is your takeaway on whether it, it some people are more genetically predisposed to alcoholism or is this something that, that can sort of hit uh, everybody? What's your thought there? It's tough. There's so much research out there about it definitely is a genetically predisposed disease. And, um, you know, uh, there are so many stories of just family members uh coming one after the other, generation after generation, suffering from the disease. But um, I don't know the, the stats on, you know, the part that your environment plays on it. Um, they're, right. Part of my whole, you know, the idea behind the book is that you just don't know who is an alcoholic. And it says on the back of my book, what does an alcoholic look like? I may not be the picture of what somebody envisions when they hear the word alcoholic they may envision you know a bum on the street but not a suburban mom of three who was a former lobbyist and um, looks from the outside like a happy marriage happy family great job um, and who's suffering from the inside It, it affects so many people and there are so many women especially out there suffering that I really wanted to say hey you know, let's uh, let's raise awareness of this disease. It's it's still such a stigma to talk about it, and it's just something socially that isn't isn't discussed very much. And I wanted to bring some awareness to it and to let people know that there is things around. So, look, you're not a physician. You you're not a specialist in this. You can only speak to your own background, and, and you speak to it, I think, very uh, very well in sobrieties in your new book. But if there's someone listening right now who thinks they may be struggling with, with alcoholism, struggling with a drinking problem, what one piece of advice would you give them? What's the first thing they ought to do? I would say, you know, there's so much help available out there. Um, I would probably suggest to go to the AA website, go on the Internet, and uh, there's always a phone number to call to speak to somebody 24 hours a day. And, um 
you know, maybe get yourself to, to the nearest meeting. There are hundreds of them just in our, <clears throat> excuse me, in our own area um, at all different times. And, um, you know, the help is there if you need it. So just reach out. Got to take that first step to move the ball forward. Uh, the book is a quick read. I will tell you that, you know, you, you, this is not war and peace. It's not a, uh, you know, a, a doorstop that is uh, 1200 pages. It's a quick read. It's a funny read. It's very heartfelt. It's very honest. And, uh, and I really appreciate you taking some time to be with us today to talk about your new book, Sobriety. Thank you, Martha. Thank you, Burke. I appreciate it. You bet. Check out Sobrieties from our guest today, Martha Carucci, online at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, pretty much wherever incredible books are sold, you can get Sobriety, which is a humorous and heartfelt account of a suburban mom's journey through recovery and sobriety into a better life. Thanks again to our guest, Martha Carucci. Thank you for listening. Now, go out and make it a great day. Mm-hmm.